Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place that you want to bet to get in on all of the college basketball and NBA action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And we're also brought to you by Burrow, makers of the Internet's favorite sofa. Get $75 off your purchase and free one-week shipping at burrow.com slash SGP. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash SGP for $75 off at Burrow. Football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Been waiting 12 months to be able to say Happy March. We're back into the best month of the year, and welcome into the only digital radio show that is devoted to those hounds, those pooches, exclusively looking at those underdogs and how they're going to do against the spread. It is the latest edition from March with love of Three Dog Thursday. Hope that you're doing well. Hope you are ready for a massive amount of College Hoop conversation on this here podcast and digital radio show, wherever you're finding us. Thank you for doing so. I am your somewhat capable host. I'm going to enlist the help of Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. He's an outstanding handicapper. Uh, He and I and others have been rolling along on Three Dog Thursday. Did you know, did you realize, if you were paying attention to our show last week, we gave you not one, not two, but three correct, actually five total correct uh, underdogs. Uh, But I had two of them. Brian had one as well. And a couple of more from Saturday alone, five for five from Saturday on Three Dog Thursday. So uh, love the underdog. I love this time of year. Uh, This is the best time of the year. Look, I I know and understand the NFL is king, and we all watch the NFL and play fantasy football, and some gamble more than others and all the different stuff. We watch the playoffs of the Super Bowl. It's massively popular. But in terms of an event, the NCAA tournament tops the NFL for the drama, the little guy knocking off the big guy, 68 games, 32 games in two days. The NFL doesn't have that. The NFL doesn't have 48 games in four days of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the first weekend. It is a blur. It is fantastic. And we're ready to talk all about what's going to lead up to it over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to enlist some great help. Right away, Brian Edwards will be here, senior handicapper with VegasInsider.com, also his site, MajorWager.com. Great insight on the underdogs. Do you realize, do you understand that we hit five of them 
a week ago on this show on Saturday. Five for five with the underdogs. You better pay pay uh, particular attention to what Brian has to say. I've been rolling along with some underdog selections. We're going to talk all about it on the show with Brian. Uh, Then coming up, Gary Seegers back with me from the Winning Cures Everything podcast. He and Chris Giannini constantly breaking down the college game. Uh, football and basketball, and obviously we've now morphed into the basketball season. Gary will have some thoughts on the Southeastern Conference, uh, some bubble teams, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and some underdog selections from him. And then Sean Green will be here as well from the Sports Gambling Podcast. We are part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. However you found this show, whether it's a social media link, or whether you subscribe and you need to do so, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, fire away. Go find this podcast, Three Dog Thursday, wherever you get the podcast. But find us as well at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And off their feed of shows, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network audience growing and growing and growing. By the thousands you're finding us, rate us and review us. They've shown me a couple of great reviews that some of you have already posted uh, listening to the program uh, just in the last couple of weeks since we've hopped on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So again, Sean Green is here from the Sports Gambling Podcast. He's got some underdogs. I'm going to put to him, give me a team that you believe will be in the NCAA Final Four in Atlanta, if not the championship game. Sean will have all of that. Uh, we'll give you a couple of underdogs on his own uh, for Saturday. I like a Big Ten one. I like a Big East one uh, for Saturday. Brian Edwards is going to go interesting with an SEC underdog. He likes a Pac-12 underdog as well. Uh, so we'll find out uh, what these guys think about their their dog selections in the college game with championship weekend getting things underway about nine straight days of championship weekends automatic bids conference tournaments first automatic bids of the 32 for the NCAA tournament going out this weekend uh, leagues like the Mountain West already playing this weekend will San Diego State romp to a Mountain West title will it be somebody else like Utah State who maybe has an at-large case can they win that tournament or some other surprise the Missouri Valley is playing this weekend the Atlantic Sun eventually we work our way to the West Coast Conference by the way i'll be broadcasting the horizon league championship on tune in we'll have the links out on social media tune in and the live coverage of the conference uh, tournament championship games uh for next week we'll start off with the horizon league tuesday night from indianapolis this is wright state and northern kentucky university of illinois chicago uic uh, Youngstown State, Cleveland State, those programs all in the Horizon League. We'll have that tournament for you next Tuesday. I'll also be working Conference USA's championship game with the likes of North Texas, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, those teams. Uh, and then on Sunday, Championship Sunday, a week from Sunday, the Sun Belt Championship with Little Rock, South Alabama, Georgia State, Texas State, all of those teams in the mix for the Sun Belt Tournament from New Orleans. So three championship broadcasts on TuneIn, automatic bids in all of those mid-majors. And the great thing about those leagues is all the schools know, hey, we're not getting in at large. we got to get the automatic bid and play our way into the NCAA Tournament uh, win it over the course of two or three days in those conferences. So anxious to call those games, and we'll talk about the underdogs in those leagues next week for championship week. But the blur of the Big East and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC and the SEC and the American uh, Big 12, uh, uh, all those different uh, leagues and conferences, can't wait to watch it all unfold. Uh, the A-10, the MAC. The Ohio Valley Conference, 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. We love the Big West late night on championship weekend. The Big Ten uh, finishing on Sunday. The SEC and the American finishing on Sunday. And again, I'll do that Sunbelt game. And then the selection show comes on and we find out the 68 teams, including 36 at large. Just a great time of the year. Um, all right, so listen, we, we have an anniversary. Wednesday night was the 30th anniversary and it's a morbid anniversary of the death of one of the greats of the late 80s and the early 90s in college basketball hank gathers eric hank gathers died 30 years ago this week on the court horrific situation had a heart attack on the court uh, and, and they were such Loyola Marymount, an explosive, fun team, the leading team in the nation in scoring. Hank Gathers led the country in scoring and rebounding in his uh, junior season, 1988-89. And then the next year had a heart problem late in the year, was diagnosed with an irregular heartbeat, given medication, came back to play after missing three games, and then in the West Coast Conference Tournament, speaking of the league that has Gonzaga and St. Mary's, uh, and now BYU and Loyola Marymount in it, he collapsed and died during the first game of the tournament for Loyola Marymount being played on their home floor. Horrible situation. Uh, his death overshadowing the college game for that weekend and the NCAA tournament. Loyola Marymount was eventually named as the the winner from the regular season title of the automatic bid. They went into the NCAA tournament after Hank gathers his funeral and memorial service and then put on such a display. What a wild 1990 tournament run with Bo Kimball at uh, the Controls, who was one of the leading scorers in the country, along with Gathers. I mean, this was a team averaging 120-plus points per game, playing up and down the court. I mean, they would shoot with five seconds gone on the shot clock. The goal from their coach, Paul Westhead, who was the former championship coach of the Lakers, uh, he was the Loyola Marymount coach. He wanted a shot up every five or six seconds on the shot clock. Uh, when they're running on the fast break, they just they they ran people to death. Um, and literally, Hank Gathers uh, ran himself to death playing uh, playing this way. There were later lawsuits from his family against Westhead, against the school. They have since 30 years later now ironed it out. They've retired Hank Gathers' jersey forever at that school. They've now put a statue up. This past weekend, they dedicated the statue on the 30th anniversary of his death. But that Loyola Marymount team, led by Bo Kimball, and I still remember the names Jeff Fryer, Terrell Lowry. Terrell Lowry was later a Major League Baseball player with the Tampa Bay Rays in the late 1990s, but he was a Loyola Marymount basketball player on that 1990 team. As they exploded, beating New Mexico State in their opening game, then they beat the defending champion Michigan. Remember, Michigan had won the title in 1989, with Ramil Robinson, Glenn Rice and company, Terry Mills, Sean Rooks. Rice was gone, but Rooks and Mills and Robinson were still on that Michigan team. And go back and YouTube what Loyola Marymount did to them in the next game, in the second round game, where they made one three-pointer after another. And this was not the age back in 1990 when teams were just bombing three-pointers like they do in the present-day college basketball. Loyola Marymount was ahead of their time. They blew them away. Michigan was worn out. They were stepping on their tongues. Uh, they, they couldn't keep up. And then LMU went into the Sweet 16 and played Alabama, and that's where Alabama had a few days to prepare with Wimp Sanderson and the plaid jackets. Remember Robert Ory, uh, part of those teams at Alabama in the late 1980s and the early 1990s before he became Big Shot Bob making three-pointers in the NBA uh, Finals. 
uh, for the likes of the Spurs and the Lakers and others. Uh, but anyway, uh, Alabama played a slowdown game. They held the ball on purpose. It was the 45-second shot clock in those days, not the 30-second shot clock that it is now. They were holding the ball, working the shot clock, shortening the game, frustrating LMU who wanted to get out and run. It ended up being a 62-60 LMU win. They held off Alabama on the last second shot, and a and uh, and the shot was no good, and Loyola Marymount had won a game in the 60s. That was usually their first half score that year. They then lost to UNLV, the eventual national champions, with LMU uh, hanging with uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, but Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, Greg Anthony and company, too much for Bo Kimball, Terrell Lowry, Jeff Fryer. The magic ran out uh, as, as UNLV beat them, scoring 133 points. They were in the game for a little while. In the first half, they were tied. Early on in the second half, it was like an 8- or 10-point game, and then eventually Loyola Marymount was just out of gas, and, and UNLV way too good. Superior firepower, wore them down, blew them out, but what a story, and that's 30 years ago. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now to be talking about this 30 years later, but I so vividly remember as a college student in Memphis that LMU team and how exciting they were. Again, you can YouTube their NCAA tournament games. Go back to the game with Hank Gathers, the late Hank Gathers against Shaquille O'Neal in Baton Rouge. College game with both teams, up over 100 points. Gathers got the better of Shaq O'Neal for a lot of that game. Scoring around him and rebound, out-rebounding him was incredible to watch. Uh, and then his horrible death out of that tragedy rose up an LMU team that had quite a two weekends in the NCAA tournament. That's what the tournament is all about. Uh, anyway, so there's that anniversary and a couple of other stories, too, to make mention of before we get to the underdogs. Uh, what an incredible scene on senior night Tuesday night at Vermont University, one of the uh, great scenes in college basketball this year. And Vermont may have a chance uh, to win their conference tournament and get into the NCAA tournament where they've pulled an upset before, very famously against Syracuse back in the 2000s. But anyway, on senior night, uh, speaking of out of near tragedy, something phenomenal happening. Uh, Josh Spidell is the kid's name that was nearly killed in a car accident as a high school senior, a recruit of Vermont's. Five years ago, he nearly died. He spent six weeks in a coma, traumatic brain injury, came out of the coma, had to learn how to walk and talk and function again. The doctors basically told his family he's going to be on assisted living for the rest of his life if he even makes it out of a hospital bed and is not in a vegetative state. Unreal, the comeback in life that Josh Spidell made uh, to be able to function, to be able to uh, go to school at Vermont. They honored, they honored his scholarship. He went to Vermont. He's graduating this year from the college, and it had been his dream, his goal, to be able to suit up for a game like he had hoped to as a high school player to play for Vermont, the Vermont Catamounts. Well, the end result is Josh Spidell took the court on Tuesday night, on senior night, was introduced, was in the starting lineup, and the Albany team against them, the Hounds of, uh, of Albany, um, they, they were in on this. They allowed Josh the moment to be out there on the floor and get a layup in the game. Uh, what a scene there in Vermont to watch that all unfold. Uh, with Josh Spidell uh, getting a moment to lay the ball in, the crowd going crazy. He left the floor hugging the Albany coach, hugging the Vermont coach. He played in a game. He got in the stat sheet. Um, 
uh, again, my my, the, I have goosebumps. How if if that does not get to you, who are you? What kind of human are you? How are you even considering yourself a sports fan if that kind of moment doesn't get to you? And another fun moment also took place for Jackson State University. Uh, their basketball program, and their four-year basketball manager, Thomas Snacks Lee. And if you haven't seen the viral video of Snacks making a three-pointer as the manager on senior night, they had him dress out, and Snacks is about five foot ten, and as you can imagine, about 310 pounds. Out there, busting out of probably a double X or triple XL jersey, but he was out there on the floor, and Snacks made a three-pointer on on uh, senior night, you can YouTube this, Google it, and see it. This is what college basketball is all about. The kid has dreamed of playing in a game. He got to get out there and play in a game. And the crowd went crazy when he made a three-pointer. It's what March is all about. It's what the hoops are all about. We love it. We got so much to get to here. Guests galore. Underdogs galore. Predictions. It's time to get to all of it. Again, Brian Edwards will be straight ahead with some underdog predictions from MajorWager.com. Gary Seeger's Winning Cures Everything podcast. Later in the show, Sean Green Sports Gambling podcast. Lots of conversation about the college hoops. Let's get it started. As advertised, he's leading things off once again here on Three Dog Thursday. Final week of the regular season in the power conferences. We already have automatic bids that'll be up for grabs this weekend championship weekend and then week the following week uh, for some of these different conference tournaments from majorwager.com vegas insider he's back brian edwards with me and we were sizzling last week we went five for five combined between you me and our other guest colby dant on saturday we've got a standard to live up to we got a final regular season week oh and happy march brian edwards good to have you this is March, as John Rossi likes to say. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, fired up. Let's, let's do it, TJ. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right, so so much to go over and discuss. As I mentioned, there are fewer regular season games to worry about because a lot of the mid-major and smaller conferences have wrapped up their regular season and are beginning their tournaments either this weekend or early next week to keep track of some of them are in progress at home sites and take like a week or more to play out before they get to the semifinals uh etc but that still doesn't change uh the mayhem uh all right so i'll i'll put this to you with with what we have already seen with comebacks and upsets uh you know texas winning at oklahoma tennessee winning at kentucky uh the other night how about michigan state down 20 at penn state they come back to win uh, I, I guess I keep asking you the same question. We're, we're having a hard time trying to figure out who's really good. No lead is safe. No, no home court advantage is safe at the end of this season, is it? No, it doesn't look like it. And we got a wide open tournament, and it's going to make for a, a fun march. Unless you're a fan of a uh, high seed that gets gets kicked to the curb early uh come the tournament but um yeah i'm fired up i love the parody and uh it's made for some great game man last night was wild 
enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, the time that we're taping right now, we're coming off of all of those road wins. And I left out Purdue in a must-win kind of mode, winning at Iowa uh, as well. Again, coupling that, what did you have? I put this on social media for Three Dog Thursday purposes, that if you had Purdue, if you had uh, Tennessee, and you had Texas, who were all underdogs, all on the road, all in kind of must-win mode right now for the NCAA tournament, if you put $100 down on that three-team parlay, all as underdogs you were going to win, what did you tell me, like over $5,000 on the $100 bet if you had all three of those? $5,136.88. I decided to get greedy with it, TJ, and I went to Vegas Insider's parlay calculator, and I added Vanderbilt, Mm. Which was plus plus six fifty. So if you did a four team money line with Vandy, a hundred got you thirty nine thousand one hundred seventy six dollars and fifty six. Man, man, oh man, with some of these different games. All right, so we're gonna roll the sleeves up. We're going to look at some of these games uh, that are going to be taking place in particular on Thursday. Uh, Big Ten race tightening up. Michigan State. Hey, just give me a quick thought. I I even tweeted this last night, too. I say this every March. Here it is again on Three Dog Thursday. Fear Izzo. Be very afraid of Michigan State in the green. They flip a switch every late February, every March, and put it together. They were in the Final Four a year ago. They're always there in the Big Ten tournament semifinal or championship game. Here it is with the win at Maryland on the weekend, now a win at Penn State. Are you are you on board with me on the Izzo train? Watch out for them in March. No doubt, and... Um... I was uh, talking with Todd Dewey of the Las Vegas Review Journal last week, and he was asking me about some future bets. And Michigan State was available at twenty to one. Now I have not looked at the updated futures last couple of days, but uh, anything north of fifteen to one on Michigan State, I, I think is worth a shot. I mean, I think Malachi Flynn's the best point guard in the country, but Cassius Winston is the second best in my mind. And Izzo and Winston are great places to start. And they always seem to have that little lull at some point. They had it about three weeks ago. Yep. But now he's got them on track and ready to peak at the right time. So I'm on board with all all of what you said. And he's got a couple of bigs that can rebound, that can defend along with Winston. They're looking good. And again, they won against Penn State. They await Ohio State in the regular season finale on Sunday. And that's actually going to lead us into a Big Ten underdog, I believe, that you like for Thursday night. Before we ever get to OSU and MSU, Ohio State, Michigan State, you're looking at Illinois and Ohio State for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Tell me more. All right. So now we've only seen the bet online opening number, which is Ohio State minus six and a half in, in Columbus against Illinois. Um, so I don't, I don't know if we'll be able to get six and a half, but if we are, um, or even just even five or more, I, I like Illinois. Um, they had a, a couple of, they had a little rough patch as well, but they have righted the ship. It started with that win at Penn State. They've now won four in a row. Their last nine as an underdog, six and three against the spread with four outright wins. And I'm, I'm saying, I, I think Illinois wins outright at Ohio State tomorrow. Uh, you know, money line for a smaller amount than you do Illinois plus the points. But certainly, if you're getting a plus 180 or better number on the money line, get a little bit of that uh, as well as I think Brad Underwood 
his team in the Illini, I think they've got a great shot to win outright at Ohio State tomorrow, on Thursday. All right, so that's again Illinois on the road getting those points. I like a Big Ten road team on Saturday that I want to ask Brian about. But before we get to Saturday, let's finish up on Thursday night. And not uncommon for you, you're going back to the to the Pac-12. You were looking over the lines uh, for what you liked for Thursday, and one stood out, a large one in the Pac-12. Which which line is that? Now, so I've, you know, we've done it successfully, including last weekend with with Cal at home as a home dog. I have not suggested them on Three Dog Thursday as a road dog. But I'm going to do it this time, plus 17 mm. at Oregon, although Cal has gotten their brakes beaten off many road games this year. But they are 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11 games, and they are 3-1 and one both straight up and against the spread in their last four. They lost by five to Oregon at home as a 10.5-point dog. I'll go with Mark Fox's team catching 17 uh, in Eugene Thursday night. That is a ton of points there. And and again, the Pac-10's kind of been, or Pac-12, excuse me, has been kind of topsy-turvy with UCLA going on this great run at the end of the year to kind of capture the conference. We'll talk more about them a little later on as Three Dog Thursday unfolds. They play USC in the regular season uh, finale coming on the weekend. But very interesting about Cal and all those points. And this guy's been right about the Cal Bears a couple of times here on Three Dog Thursday. You were projecting even... Even for Saturday, that Cal would be in good shape as a home dog against Utah, and you were right; they were they were an underdog, and they did win and they did cover. So pay attention uh, to that. So let's move to Saturday. I like Wisconsin and Illinois. Again, we need to preface by saying that midweek we don't know the results at the time that Brian and I are taping. Indiana playing Minnesota. They're kind of in must-have mode uh, right now, trying to trying to hang on to an at-large bid. Indiana favored at home in that game with Minnesota. Wisconsin has Northwestern on on Wednesday night again you're hearing us on three dog Thursday you already knows those results Wisconsin is heavily favored by 13 should win easily on Northwestern so if all things are equal Indiana would be at home with a nine and ten record uh, Wisconsin would be 13 and six but we believe Indiana would still be a short favorite at home early Assembly Hall Saturday Brian Edwards uh, very short. I mean, they're they're five and two. Uh, their last seven at home uh, in Big Ten play. You know, they beat Ohio State by double digits. They beat Michigan State by four at home. They beat Iowa by twelve at home. They beat Penn State by eight at home. So I, I think at Assembly Hall, you got to make Indiana a favorite. But Wisconsin's coming on here lately, and I like their chances. But I would think Indiana will be a very small favorite. I doubt it would be more than two. I'm thinking one or one and a half. I almost took them, as we talked with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, love his insight. I almost took, almost shoulda, coulda, woulda, took them at Michigan last week for Three Dog Thursday purposes on Thursday night. I held off. I did not do it. And, of course, they go on, uh, do the uh, do the Badgers to get that one. So um, very interesting here what we have because, again, we don't know the Northwestern result, but they've been pretty good at covering at least. They've covered three of the last six times 
teams in the Big Ten as the underdog on the road. So I will take Wisconsin early game there. If not, I believe they're going to win the game outright. So I, I believe they're going to get uh, a couple of points. I'll take Wisconsin to win the game. That will be my uh, one of my underdogs for this week. Uh, do you like one yourself for Saturday where we've got uh, several interesting matchups? Tennessee that's on the roll right now with the wins at home over Florida and Kentucky now playing Auburn. Uh, this weekend, we've got the Duke-Carolina rematch, some Big East games. We've got Kansas at Texas Tech. Do you like one for Saturday, Brian? I'm okay with fading Auburn on the road, but I, I think after Tennessee uh, clips Kentucky, I, I think Tennessee will be the short favorite. Um, we'll see. We don't know the result of Florida at Georgia but I know that I do not like how LSU is playing right now. So if Georgia is catching, I mean, assuming Georgia, you know, doesn't have any injuries and has a, um, you know, doesn't get blown out at home by Florida. Um, if Georgia's catching eight or more at, at LSU, I like how Tom Crean's uh, team is playing right now. Uh, they beat Arkansas by ten last Saturday, and Arkansas uh, had been playing well with the return of Isaiah Joe. And, um, you know, Georgia beat Auburn by double digits. Um, they were up at South Carolina, ended up losing an OT. Uh, they beat Vandy at the buzzer. Um, so Georgia's playing pretty good right now. If they're catching eight or more to LSU, I would like that. And if that total is uh, south of 155, I would probably like that over as Georgia's seen the over cash in three straight. Very interesting. And you rarely get Auburn as a road underdog keep an eye on that again brian and i don't have the lines yet for saturday for auburn early at tennessee tennessee on the fringe right now on the discussion for at large probably more work to do including the sec tournament in nashville we'll talk more about them later in the show with another one of our guests uh in a bit let me clarify do it if tennessee is a dog in that home dog auburn i I do like tennessee if they're interesting i don't know that I don't think they will be. But they are. Like they are putting it together, and a, what a great seventeen-point comeback at Rupp here late in the year. Uh, let's see what that line is for Saturday. I'm curious about a Big East game. I'm looking at Saturday Xavier and Butler um, in the in the late game, one of the final games of the regular season in the Big East. That one in Cincinnati. Xavier won the earlier meeting at Butler. I know you got an injury update for midweek, and you're kind of cautioning me about Xavier here in this game. Yeah, well, Paul Scruggs, uh, day-to-day, he's not playing Wednesday at Providence, um, but, you know, he might be ready by Saturday, but he's a a key part, 12.7 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and 1.2 steals per game. So a key player for Xavier, not playing at Providence, but he might be ready Saturday, but be sure to check that injury before wagering on that game. Yeah, and Xavier, again, in must-win kind of mode right now, they're on the cusp. Uh, of an opportunity to get in um, right now. Big East, by the way, right now number one in the net rankings among conferences, but Xavier 8-8, eight and eight, 41 in the net, Butler 20 in the net. You mentioned the Wednesday night game. Providence needs that game, too, against Xavier. So let's let's see what happens in that result, and then we would anticipate Butler probably favored, especially if Scruggs is hurt, Butler probably favored, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Butler's favored regardless. Okay. Uh, it's at Hinkle, right? No, no, this one at Cincinnati. This one at Xavier. So it's going to be close. Maybe, maybe two, oh. maybe three points, something like that for Butler in that matchup. Uh, Xavier won at Hinkle back in late January for one of their wins. Revenge game for Butler. I just like Xavier at home. It's going to be interesting to see. If Scruggs doesn't play, then obviously we, we agree that Butler's going to be favored. My mistake there. I was thinking it was at Hinkle. Um, if Scruggs is uh, if Scruggs is healthy, I think mm. it might be the short favorite. It's gonna be tight. It, it'll be. It won't be anybody favored by more than two ish. I wouldn't think. Yep. And the Big East again has a couple of other interesting games, including uh, Creighton. Uh, there in that uh, matchup with uh, Seton Hall. We'll talk more about that later on. Villanova at Georgetown. Villanova. Uh, still chasing Seton Hall at the end of the season, but it looks like the Hall is going to be the one seed in the Big East tournament at the Garden, which will be rocking as always. The Big East may very well get seven of its ten teams uh, in the tournament. All right, so we love the insight. We love all of the conversation. Brian Edwards, tell them more about where they read you, where they find you for all these underdogs and all this conversation as the regular season wraps up and we head to championship week. On Twitter, my handle is at Vegas B Edwards, uh, the major wager Twitter handle where, where I also tweet a lot of injury intel and trends, uh, ATS info, et cetera. That, that, uh, handle is at major wager uno. And you can find my content, majorwager.com, vegasinsider.com and Brian Edwards And I spell it with an I. Enjoyed it as always, TJ. Thanks for having me, buddy, and have a great weekend. I always love Brian Edwards' insight. Again, he's got Cal and Illinois on Thursday night. What did you you officially went with Georgia? Look for Georgia as the underdog with LSU, but maybe Tennessee as an SEC home doggy with Auburn. Some attractive games for this weekend. Brian, thank you. Good luck with the dogs. And we're talking championship week and more March Madness next week, sir. My man. Enjoyed it. Thanks, buddy. Still to come, you'll hear from Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast. He and Chris Giannini do a great job on that podcast and YouTube show under Winning Cures. He's got some underdog predictions, some conference tournament analysis, and much more upcoming. Sean Green will be here from the Sports Gambling Podcast. And, uh, of course, we're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Stand by for his underdogs, his conversation about championship week and the NCAA tournament as well. Time to tell you, though, a little bit about some of our sponsors right now as part of Three Dog Thursday. We remind you that we are brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The Super Bowl may be done, but every game is a big game over at MyBookie.ag. They've got it all from the NBA to college basketball, Premier League soccer, you name it. And they've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and helpful 24-7 customer service. You can pool your bets together for a bigger payout as well with MyBookie.ag. They've got more lines, better odds per player than any sports book around and right now if you join up my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars that means you deposit two thousand you get an extra grand in free money to play with with mybookie.ag all you got to do is use this promo code sgp it activates the offer once again they will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars you deposit 500 they'll put 250 in you deposit a thousand they'll put 500 in use the promo code sgp to get that extra cash when you sign up and you register at mybookie bet win and get paid with mybookie 
We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And Three Dog Thursday is brought to you in part by Burrow and their fantastic, innovative sofas. So, Look, it's a new year. It's a new decade, as a matter of fact. We got March Madness coming with all the newness around. Maybe you're noticing that the overstuffed, flaky vinyl couch you got secondhand and off of Craigslist might be due for an upgrade. Make that change that everybody can get behind and replace it with a brand new Burrow Sofa. Now look, March Madness is coming here. You're going to spend a lot of time on the couch, lounging around. You got to be comfortable. You got to find something that you can uh, sink into and it feels great and it's got all kinds of nuances and conveniences. For example, the Burrow sofas have durable fabric. It's naturally scratch and stain resistant. It's got built-in USB chargers, by the way. And you can customize with your favorite color, your favorite leg finish, your favorite armrest style, much more. You can go from the Chase Lounge or the Ottoman or both. All you got to do is order from Burrow and you can set it up yourself in a matter of minutes. You can add or remove seats as needed. You can even convert to a love seat or a sofa or a corner sectional. It adapts, it adjusts. You can do this all yourself. Again, Burrow has a genius sleep kit that transforms your comfy sofa into an even better, comfier bed. Burrow also offers a collection of affordable rugs, coffee tables, love seats, armchairs, ottomans, and more. I want you to go to burrow.com slash SGP and save 75 bucks right off the top off the order. Plus, you get one week free shipping with this offer from Sports Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So again, go to burrow.com for these unique sofas just in time for March Madness. If you order them now, you'll get the one week shipping before the NCAA tournament begins. That's burrow, burrow.com slash SGP for 75 bucks off one week free shipping get that sofa from burrow the dogs are barking who will get it done this week three dog thursday now continues here again is tj reeves oh it is march and yes i have been dying dying figuratively to talk again to the winning cures everything guys whenever i get the chance to mix it up with them their podcast their show their insight their knowledge their underdogs all of it i love it and gary seegers he and chris giannini do a fantastic job on that show gary seegers with me now on the three dog thursday podcast it's here brother march is here conference tournament shortly nca tournament after that it's here I am so pumped about this. <laughs> it, it feels like February just disappeared, right? Like it, January takes forever every year, and February just flies by, and then all of a sudden it's March, and it's time to go. And it is time to go. And we saw a Tuesday night 
uh, that really, uh, for teams that are on the bubble, that are maybe on the outside looking in, uh, Clark Kellogg's word right now is stoop. He calls them the stoop. They're on the stoop on CBS looking to try to get in. Several of them took a big step forward. The likes of Rutgers, huge home win Tuesday night. Uh, with Maryland. Purdue goes to Iowa and wins. Tennessee goes to uh, Kentucky and wins. Texas goes to Oklahoma and wins. I mean, that's going to make the committee's job difficult here. Obviously, Gary, when you're seeing victories late in the year that mean something like this. It it won't be too difficult when other bubble teams like uh, like my Alabama Crimson Tide are losing home games to Vanderbilt. Yep, killer. I mean, that was just... Uh, it's just disgusting to watch. Um, but what are you going to do when Vandy comes out and typically on the season they are hitting 28% from three and they go 15 of 28 mm-hmm. last night? I mean, it, it, sometimes now effort is a lot of it, but either way, yeah, you bring up Texas. Uh, the, let's go ahead and talk about the just ridiculous nature in which they won. They shot two free throws. <laughs> To the whole game. Yep. Uh, On the road. On the road against a a rival that is also vying for at-large seeding, really, right now. Oklahoma, we think, is in. Oklahoma's got every motivation to win that game against their rival. And Texas finds a way shooting two foul shots. And then uh, Doolittle, Christian Doolittle is the name. What a name! Christian Doolittle did very little (laughs) with two free throw misses for Oklahoma. That opened the door for the winning three-point shot by the Horns. All right, let me put it to you. They they are uh, so Shaka Smart right now. If he maybe had a foot in the grave or he had some dirt being shoveled on him as no longer being the Texas coach, uh, he's up out of the hole and he has brushed the dirt off, has he not? With a win over Texas Tech and a win at Oklahoma, and has them very much in the picture, does he not? Well, Texas is on a five game winning streak ever since that loss, where everybody obviously put the dirt in the grave on him. Uh, he lost by almost thirty. At Iowa State, right, and that was you know at the end of a four-game losing streak. Now they turn around; they've won five straight uh, against pretty good competition. I mean, they they beat West Virginia, they beat Texas Tech, they beat Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I think that Texas is in the field. How about like, I that? don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. All right, so I don't have any real love for the Big Orange. I went to Memphis. You're in the Memphis area. You're an Alabama guy. You got no real love for the Big Orange, but we got to give them a half second of conversation. Down 17, down 17 at Rupp Arena against a legit Final Four caliber team, Kentucky. They come back and win. Uh, foul shooting, by the way, and we, we love this. We love talking about free throw awareness and free throw awareness month and the hashtag FT awareness month. Tennessee made six of six in the final 38 seconds. Uh, they've shot well most of the season. They were better than Kentucky in the last two or three minutes. Gary Seegers, how surprised were you with that SEC win? And what does it do for Tennessee's hopes? Well, Tennessee, you know, a win at home over Florida, which was a little bit unexpected over the weekend, and then they come back, they get the win at Kentucky. You say Kentucky a legit Final Four team, uh, and maybe maybe not. The analytics don't really speak to that. I mean, they're they're thirtieth at Ken Palm as of this morning. Uh, I I think Tennessee's got a good shot to get into uh, into the field, but I mean, they still got some work to do. They got Auburn at home this weekend. Yes, they do. Uh, winning, winning that one would go a long way towards actually getting them into the field. Um, but I, I almost think that they have to win it. You know, they've already got 13 losses. 
Um, you you got to win that one. You got to win at least one in the SEC tournament. Um, I don't know if they'll get it done, but they have played really well these last two ball They games. do have a lot of losses, but that committee, and again, I have no love for the Big Orange per se here. I did not go to Tennessee, even though I am from the Volunteer State. But you you look at out of conference, they go play Washington on a neutral floor. They play Florida State on a neutral floor. They didn't win the they won the Washington game. They didn't win the Florida State game. They play Memphis at home. They play Wisconsin at home. They play um, later on Kansas at Kansas in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. They played a tough schedule. They got a top twenty strength of schedule for this season. That's part of those thirteen losses. Obviously, if they lose a game in the conference tournament, that's going to be a 14th loss. But if Tennessee beats Auburn and, let's say, gets to semifinal Saturday in Nashville next week, they may be knocking on the door selection Sunday night here, seeing if there's an answer. Uh, Maybe, Gary. We're going to find out. We are definitely going to find out. Their net has definitely jumped up. As of this morning, they are 57. Uh, I didn't think that it would be possible because they were so low. I mean, at, at one point they were in the 70s in the net. Right. Uh, and, of course, that's just one of the many factors that they have in. They're, uh, they're 57 at the net. They're, I think, 58 or 59, somewhere around there uh, at Ken Palm. You know, the, the analytics don't look great, but they, I mean, they've definitely got a shot. If you close out the season with wins over Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn, uh, 100%, like, you should be in the field at that point. All right, we'll see. We'll see with that number of losses. It's a good point. Again, Gary Seeger's with me for a few more moments. Winning Cures Everything is the show, the podcast, the YouTube show. Look them up on YouTube under Winning Cures Everything, uh, at Winning Cures on social media, uh, winningcureseverything.com as well. Gary and, and Chris Giannini do a fantastic job. They are on multiple times during the week with the podcast and the YouTube shows right now for March talking everything, including college basketball. We've got Gary here honed in specifically for college basketball. All right, so we don't know the results at the time that we're talking right now of Wednesday night SEC, but there are some intriguing games. LSU Arkansas uh, has some meaning for Wednesday night. Uh, That one, and and again, more so for Arkansas. LSU is in probably more so uh, for Arkansas. Uh, Texas A&M at Auburn, that would be large for them if they can get a win at Auburn. Of course, Auburn smarting after being beaten by Kentucky this past weekend. They're safely in. Um, so I, I'm just curious what the SEC will look like uh, when it shakes out. That may have some bearing uh, for Saturday coming up. But there's several teams. Uh, Sa- you know, South Carolina got a big win over Mississippi State on Tuesday night. So for South Carolina, for Mississippi State, you mentioned Alabama that's now hurting. Uh, you talk about Arkansas. You talk about Tennessee. There's probably going to be one spot for that group of teams real quick. Right, Gary? Yeah, I think so. Well, not necessarily because this, the bubble is so weak that you could find a way to get other ones in. Right now, everybody's kind of positioning for uh, seeding for the SEC tournament. Right. And you want the, the best possible matchup for yourself. Texas A&M uh, currently sitting at tied for, I think, seventh or eighth. Um, they are, you know, they're right there with Tennessee, who won last night. They need to win at Auburn to be able to keep up there. Uh, they don't want to get into an 8-9 game where you end up having to play Kentucky next. You know, you, Texas A&M has done really, really well this year, by the way. What, what Buzz has done it, just in the conference standings, I mean, they're 8-8 eight and eight in the SEC, and they're 14-14 14 14 overall. Uh, A&M was not good coming out of the gate, but they have caught on to, uh, 
to buzz the system. And, and what he is doing there has been uh, really effective. I mean, they are one of the best defensive teams in the country, and their pace of play makes it really difficult to, uh, to keep up with. I mean, they, they held Alabama in the 60s, and Alabama is the second-leading scoring team in the country. So, you know, South Carolina, who is a pretty good defensive team, uh, they held Alabama to 90 points on Saturday, and A&M held them in the 60s. So uh, Auburn needs to uh, make sure that, they've, uh, that they play with fundamentals and whatnot. Otherwise, they can get caught tonight um, or Wednesday night, and they can get caught on Saturday at Tennessee. So Auburn, you know, the, the results are there, but the analytics are not. Like, the numbers hate Auburn. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm an I'm a A&M fan right now. I, I like what they're doing. Um, we'll see, obviously. I mean, they've, uh, they've lost two straight to Kentucky and LSU, but I, I could see them pulling off a win at Auburn. Yeah, with A&M, uh, yeah, give them, uh, you, you know, it, look, the, the, the math is not good because the net ranking is 127, and, and obviously an awful loss to Fairfield, a Quadrant 3 loss out of the conference, only two Quadrant 1 wins, that's going to hurt them. We'll see. But again, out of that group, A&M, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, probably not so much A&M and Alabama anymore, but out of that group and maybe Arkansas, depending on what they do, there's probably going to be a spot we'll we'll wait and see. All right, so let's turn it to underdogs, Gary Seegers. Um, and very interesting for Thursday, I, I know uh, you're there in Memphis, my alma mater, uh, the the Tigers right now. They're not they're not in the in the last four, uh, the first four out probably, or the second four out at the moment. But Wichita State, very interesting. Wichita State playing Thursday night in the FedEx Forum against the Memphis Tigers off of a thrilling, roaring comeback in the second half to beat SMU. Wichita State probably a fringe case, and we believe they're going to be the underdog in Memphis for this game. Is that attractive to you for Three Dog Thursday purposes, Gary? As as a matter of fact, it is. I I expect them to be about a a one-and-a-half to two-point underdog. I think they will get the win at Memphis uh, Memphis's biggest problem all season has been turnovers. And Wichita State, number 88 in the country in turnovers, they turn you over and they capitalize on it. Uh, and on top of that, Memphis offensive rebounding, they, uh, they, they can't – well, they can't rebound, period. Like, they're just not very good at rebounding. And Wichita State, 41 in the country in, uh, in, in rebounding, in offensive rebounding, I – I fully expect them to capitalize on this uh, opportunity here. They've got Memphis, and then they've got Tulsa. Wichita State has won five out of six games, the only loss being a uh, a three-point loss at Cincy. I, I expect them to come in and get this win. I think they are playing lights-out basketball right now, uh, and I think that's going to continue. And Memphis just doesn't have the horses right now, and, and they're not making shots. So not making shots and turning the football or the uh, the basketball over – uh, it, it's going to cost you. That's a bad recipe. And Wichita State won the first meeting with a big second-half scoring run. Uh, and we'll see what happens there. I, I hope for my sake that the Tigers bow up and get the win, but I'm concerned uh, with the losses they have taken. Uh, all right, so we'll peek ahead to Saturday. That on, that on the slate, at least out of the top 25, has some intriguing games, including Kansas at Texas Tech which Texas Tech now may be on the fringe uh, in the Big 12. Are they in? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. They've taken some losses uh, here, including to Texas, including to Baylor on Monday night. Louisville at Virginia, of course, Duke and Carolina, the rematch. Can Carolina mess it up uh, for Duke? 
uh, Dayton at home with George Washington. You, you got you've got all kinds of games on Saturday. Seton Hall at Creighton. We believe Seton Hall may be the road favorite at Creighton here, closing out the regular season in uh, in the Big East. Gary, do you have a game or two that stands out as a possible underdog? Well, I, so I was looking at Creighton. Uh, I I think that Creighton is actually going to be favored in that game. Gotcha. If you're not, I will 100% take Creighton to win that game at home. So I, I think that they are – I mean, that is a legit Final Four caliber team. Uh, nobody really talks about them. Like, do you find that weird? Like, I mean, they are they are really, really good. I, th- I think there are two or three teams at the Big East level that are battle-tested that could put it together for two weekends and could be in Atlanta and could be a Final Four team. And these this may be two of them. Uh, Villanova is another one with the coach and the experience level of those players. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do go along with watch out for the Big East and whoever the Big East champion is and what kind of draw they get as a team that could be in Atlanta. Agreed. Now, you've got that right. Creighton losing at St. John's on Sunday uh, by 20, that was about as big a shocker as I've seen in in quite some time. Uh, Creighton, you know, number five in offensive efficiency. Uh, Defense is a little lacking, but, I mean, if you get hot in uh, in March, I mean, obviously we saw VCU do it years ago under uh, under Shaka Smart. If you're hitting shots – I mean, they are fantastic. I mean, effective field goal percentage, the number 18, three-point percentage, the number 18 in the country. Uh, if you get hot, you know, you can uh, you can definitely cause some damage. They're also 15th in steals. So, yeah, Creighton, absolutely. Uh, as far as other games go, uh, I'm, I'm looking really hard at Louisville at Virginia. Uh, I, I think that Virginia is going to be a home underdog in this game, but – I mean, they've uh, they've won like five straight games. They've won nine out of the last ten, and their defense, like the offense, obviously uh, leaves something to be desired. <laughs> right, we'll say that they're um, back. Well, let me interject. Have- they're back to playing the whole sleeper hold, ugly, you know, fight with a twig with your opponent, two two twigs, you know, in a sword fight, whatever you want to call oh, yeah. it. Uh, but it's been it's been effective right now for them. They've won six straight, and here's what they've allowed: 49, 62, 65, 56, 53, and 50 points. So obviously, defensively, they have clamped down on everybody that they've played uh, over the course of the last three weeks. And I'm with you. Duke was favored last Saturday. Louisville likely a short favorite. We don't know for sure, but Louisville likely something like a two point favorite or maybe a one point favorite. So you're going to go Virginia, huh? I'm going Virginia. I think they get the win. Um, I feel really good about this team closing out and whatnot. Now, I don't expect for them to uh, to win the conference tournament or anything like that, but teams don't really know what to do against them um, because their adjusted tempo is last in the country, number 353. <laughs> so, you know, when they hold on to the basketball for as long as they do and they don't turn it over, um, you know, I, they're, they're number 261 in the country. Uh, as far as you know, not turning the basketball over, like they're really good at that. So I, I think uh, Virginia finds a way to get this win over Louisville. Uh, Louisville has been really good, but you know, there's there's games here and there. Um, the last three games that Louisville has lost have all been away, and I mean they've lost three straight on the road. So I fully expect for them to lose at Virginia. You know, I, I think. Uh, I think what Tony Bennett's doing is fantastic. He doesn't have scores like he had last year. 
He doesn't have quite the NBA talent that he had last year. But uh, but that's never mattered for him. You know, he, he makes his guys play the way that he wants them to, and they listen really well, and they execute. So I uh, I would expect uh, Virginia to win that ballgame. Tremendous, uh, tremendous coach, Tony Bennett, no doubt. Tremendous coach. And you got one oh, more for absolutely. us for Three Dog Thursday I, purposes, Gary Seegers? I got one more. I think USC is going to be a, a home favorite of about five or six over UCLA. Really? Uh, I according to according to my numbers, and I've been right. pretty close all year, so I'm, I'm feeling good about them. Um, but I, I do think that UCLA can get this win. They they have, I mean, the month of February, they played basically top ten basketball. You know, UCLA has been unreal, and. I, I think they get the win at U, uh, at USC. I do think um, because that that basically would would shore up the uh, Pac-12 title. Correct, yeah. correct. You know, so at I, worst, I think, if they win, at worst, they're co-champions, and you got to sort it out on tiebreakers. But they could uh, they could actually yeah. be the outright champions, depending on what happens midweek in the Pac-12 and what happens Saturday. That, that that would be remarkable because again, uh, I know Mick Cronin's in his first year, but there were a lot of people questioning that hire, me included, and they have shut a lot of people up with the last month of basketball with the way that they've played you, UCLA. You've got that right. Uh, USC, uh, they have lost five of their last nine. Uh, they have won two straight, but I I kind of think that that UCLA goes in there and gets that W. I, I just I feel good about this UCLA team. They have won. Uh, let's see. Da-da-da. I've got my numbers right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They've they've won nine of their last ten games. I mean that's and that's it's not and it's not just pushovers. They they've obviously beaten Colorado at Colorado. They pulled out the game with Arizona the other night. They've also beaten Oregon in this stretch. Those teams, those three teams are all in the top 20 of most of the metrics, including the net rankings. So it's not like they're playing oh, yeah. the bottom teams in the conference doing this. And by the way, USC was favored against Arizona State last weekend at home. They were an underdog to Arizona and won and covered. They were favored um, against Washington State and, and Washington, the two Washington teams. They were also a short favorite against Colorado back at the beginning of February at home. So they've been favored at home a bunch, and you believe the Trojans will get something like four or five points, lay four or five points for UCLA, and you say take the Bruins. I say take the Bruins. I think what Mick Cronin is doing is absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, they, they've won seven straight. They've won 11 to 13. They This team has figured out how to win, and they are playing lights-out basketball right now. Uh, I, I I love this team. I love UCLA. I love Mick Cronin. I thought it was a great hire. Uh, I know that everybody, you know, you talked about it. A lot of people questioned it. But Mick Cronin has always been a fantastic – now, he hadn't been able to get it done in March. But, I mean, that's a one-game sample size, whatever. If you look at the seasons that he put together at Cincinnati and the types of teams that he built, uh, UCLA going forward is going to be a tough team, and I think they're already showing it. All right, we'll see what happens there. Some interesting underdogs. Wichita State's a doggy that he likes. Creighton, if they are on Saturday, a home underdog with Seton Hall. Same thing, uh, Virginia home underdog, and then obviously UCLA he likes too. Tell them more about where they find you and Chris and the show on Winning Cures. 
WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. You can find everything there, all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my daily show that I do on my Periscope, uh, which is at GaryWCE. Same thing on Twitter. You can watch it there as well. Uh, and it's also on our Facebook page. So if Chris and I get together. We do our YouTube uh, a couple of times a week, do a much longer form thing in the uh, football off season. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we have a blast with it. We're actually going to be at Samstown Casino in Tunica, March 19th and 20th. We're doing a, a live broadcast from there a couple of times on Friday, on Thursday and Friday to uh, to preview the games and whatnot. So yeah, it's uh, it's going well. Things are good. Uh, make sure you subscribe on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's Winning Cures Everything. TJ, I can't thank you enough for uh, for having me on, buddy. Listen, always love being on with you guys uh, and having you guys on with me on Three Dog Thursday. Good luck with everything. Uh, The mayhem is coming. The best event in sports. I know you can't wait. We can't wait. Thank you for hopping on Three Dog Thursday, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. Love the insight coming from every which direction on Three Dog Thursday. I was just checking my documentation here. Let Let me check a little further that... Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast has yet to make an appearance on Three Dog Thursday to talk college hoops. You have been on back in the NFL playoffs earlier in the calendar year since we flipped the calendar to 2020, but this is the first time we're breaking down a little college basketball with you on Three Dog Thursday. Happy March. Good to have you, and we're ready for 693 important, relevant college games in the next two weeks, aren't we? Hello. Yes. No, uh, thanks for having me on, TJ. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is, I mean, conference tournaments are going. We're doing conference tournament previews. I'm already looking at seeding options. It's it's just a great time to be alive and to be able to bet on college basketball. I was watching you guys on your Monday podcast where you were previewing everything up and down for later in the week, and there's several conference tournaments beginning this week right now where we're talking championship games on the weekend as well. Uh, you and Ryan Kramer, and you even had our guy Colby Dant. Uh, Colby, by the way, set a standard for you to live up to. He went three for three with underdog picks last week on the show. Uh, so we're rolling along. We went five for five overall on Saturday. Colby had three of them on Saturday as part of this. So I saw you guys making those picks. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's just it's going to be an avalanche of games and, and upset after upset. You just got to figure out where they're coming, right, Sean? Exactly. I mean, this if you love dogs, and obviously you do love dogs because you're the host of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. <laughs> this is. This has really been your year for college basketball. I mean, how do you lose a game? It's uh, You get in the top ten. I mean, it's it's pretty much the way it's been going. And I've I've done so many conversations, so many interviews, but let's say it here. How many more teams are going to blow huge leads? I mean, we saw SMU gag a 24-point lead at home Sunday to Wichita State. We follow that up with Penn State playing an amazing first half where they hit 11 three-pointers Tuesday night with Michigan State. 11 in the first half, Sean Green. They led by 20. Michigan State comes back with Cassius Winston and company. They win the game. Tennessee down 17 at Rupp Arena, second half to Kentucky. They come back and win the game against the best team in the SEC. No lead is safe. No home court really means anything. It is a crazy year, Sean. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, 
not only are the, the dogs winning, but even the way these teams are pulling these games out has been exciting. Uh, we're actually going to be out in Vegas for the first two days of March Madness. We'll be doing a live broadcast from uh, Caesars March 18th. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just looking – it's so fun to experience these kind of games, uh, you know, in a big group. I mean, it's fun to watch, sit around and lay, you know, watch on your couch, but – with with your fellow gamblers or whatever at the local sports bar, it's even it adds another element to it, and uh, just couldn't be more excited. Count well, down the days. Love it. Those two days should be national holidays. The first two days of the NCAA tournament, thirty-two games in two days. We should get the days off. I mean, almost nothing's getting done at offices exactly. anyway. It should be it should be days off. Again, we talk with Sean Green's yeah. Sports Gambling Podcast. We're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you for finding us through there or sportsgamblingpodcast.com if you did so. Sean and Ryan Kramer with the Sports Gambling Podcast show. The podcast is the flagship show on that network. Uh, and starting up the website, they do a fantastic job with their show. He's given me some insight. All right, big boy, roll up your sleeves here. Let's go. If I say to you, now that we've talked underdogs, let's talk a fave for a second. If there is a team right now that you really like to not only be in Atlanta, let's say, but maybe have a great shot to win the national title, make the title game if not win it, is there a team that stands out that you could say above all the rest, you believe I'm probably most confident this team can be there. Who is that team, Sean? Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Villanova here. Give me Villanova. I, I the program is in good shape. Yeah, I mean they not a dominant year so far, but in a year like this where teams are all over the place, give me a guy like Jay Wright. Give me a guy who's won a national championship. Give me a, a great coach like Jay Wright. Uh, I love the ability to coach on the quick turnaround. I mean, one of the things I always like to bet on March Madness is guys like Tom Izzo or Jim Beheim went on that second game. You know, like if they win on the Thursday and then they're playing on Saturday, or if they win on a Friday, they're playing on a Sunday. The great coaches really stand out uh, against the spread, especially. So coaching matters a ton in college basketball. I, I just have a lot of respect for the Villanova program. You know, being a Philly guy, kind of biased, but – yeah, give me uh, give me Villanova to make a run here in the national championship. I love that. All right, so and and, and Jay Wright has two titles. Now I'm going to blow you away with something uh, that you may or may not realize. Jay Wright won those two championships within three years of each other. Uh, back what 2016, 2018 uh, for those titles. Uh, both of them in Texas, by the way. I was right there for the Chris Jenkins three-point shot in Houston as part of the coverage on TuneIn. Was at that Final Four, that championship game. They went it on the last second shot on the buzzer beater. And then uh, they demolished uh, their two opponents, uh, Kansas and Michigan, in the Final Four in San Antonio. Uh, how about, are you ready for the list of the coaches that have multiple national championships that are active right now in college basketball? Here we go. Mike Shashevsky. How about this? Mike Shashevsky, Roy Williams, Jay Wright. That's it. Those are the only ones with multiple <laughs> ones because Rick Patino obviously had multiple ones. He's disgraced and fired at Louisville. Billy Donovan had two but moved on to the NBA. Uh, with the other retirements like Jim Calhoun, you mentioned veteran coaches from Connecticut, uh, et cetera, et cetera, with coaches that have retired. That's it. Those are the coaches that are currently coaching. That I mean, like Bill Self has won one. Tom Izzo has won one. Jim Beheim has won one. Keep going. John Calipari has won one. J- Jay Wright, 
Roy Williams, Mike Shashevsky. Those are the guys that have won more than one. Pretty interesting. Feel free to yeah, use that. Feel free to use that on oh, the Sports Gambling it's Podcast as your own. Use that nugget as your own, my friend. I bequeath that to you. Well, and you don't have to worry about Roy Williams uh, at UNC this year. <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> he keeps talking about, oh, this team's going to kill me. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and then, you know, everything you hear about Coach K, it's like every other – uh, you know, every other week he's there's some weird press conference or he's going up to congratulate the other team for beating his team. It, Duke and UNC, it doesn't seem like it's either of their teams here. I think it's going to be kind of a sleeper year. And why not take a guy like Jay Wright, like Villanova, that has the pedigree, has the experience there from the coach uh, angle and, and really could put together a, a run. All right, well done on that. Uh, let's see what happens with Villanova. Again, Sean Green hanging with me here. Follow him at Sean T. Green on Twitter, on social media. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast at Gambling Podcast, by the way, on Twitter, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. As we plug away, he will get to a couple of underdogs that he likes for Saturday in particular. Not so much keen on a Thursday underdog. But we're going to project a couple of Saturday underdogs that he likes. All right, one more fun one. Maybe it's this weekend where the Mountain West is playing among other conferences uh, that are playing. And then, of course, next week we get everything from the Big East to the Pac-12, everything from the Big Ten to the SEC, and on and on and on for all the conference tournaments. Give me a conference tournament that really intrigues you and why. Which one are you looking forward to as much as any, if not the most? Give me one. One conference I really like that I think could be exciting is uh, I really like BYU in the West Coast Conference. Uh, they're like plus 500 sitting around there. I think they could make a run. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I already got down at BYU plus around 500 to win the West Coast Conference. Uh, that's one I really like. How about that? And and so you look at that league where uh, I think it, we can safely say not only Gonzaga, obviously, but BYU, yes, and St. Mary's already in. And so what happens if a San Francisco, a USF, or a Pacific makes a run and somehow wins that tournament? It's not likely, but I mean that could be a fourth bid out of that league, and I don't think it's going to take the bid away from St. Mary's or BYU if that happens. So I I agree, the West Coast Conference Tournament. Yes, continue. West Coast Conference could be interesting. And again, I like BYU because they the West Coast Conference does it kind of weird where – uh, both Gonzaga and BYU, the top two seeds, they both have like three buys. So basically, BYU just has to win one game to get into the conference tournament uh, final there. And at plus 525, that feels like great value. So again, yeah, you might see, I mean, it does feel like the top three are in there, but you could get a wild card uh, winning the West Coast Conference, and that would really shake things you up. You want another stat, by the way? This is how dominant Gonzaga has been. It has now been four full conference seasons and tournaments, and they haven't lost to anybody that isn't named St. Mary's or BYU. So whether it's Pacific, whether it's pick one, Santa Clara, San Francisco, uh, Pepperdine, any of those schools, Loyola Marymount, none of them have beaten Gonzaga. So don't take one of them to take Gonzaga out in the conference tournament. It is four years and counting, four regular seasons and three tournaments and counting that somebody not named St. Mary's or BYU has been able to beat Gonzaga. Let's see what happens. 
Not likely. That's insane. That is insane, but that shows you how good they've been against the teams they're supposed to beat in that conference. Uh, but let's see if St. Mary's, who played them very tough last Saturday on Senior Day for Gonzaga, let's see if St. Mary's or BYU might have something in the Mountain West title game uh, in Vegas. All right, uh, let's get to uh, what we love, the underdogs, what we do here. We'll take a look at the Saturday games in particular and a couple of them that obviously stand out for you uh, here as we look them over give me uh, give me one that came to you right away and why I think you're going to go big 12 here on me yes I am give me Texas Tech at home I love me a home dog in college basketball they're playing Kansas Saturday and hey if you're number one seed in the in college basketball this year it's not going well uh, I, I think perfect opportunity for Kansas to kind of look ahead to the, I mean, they're looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. They're not really thinking too much about this late road game against Texas Tech. I really like what Texas Tech showed against Baylor, taking them to overtime. Texas Tech 3-1 and one against the spread as a dog. They also have four days rest. Uh, Kansas only have two days rest coming in there. So I think all that stuff is setting up for a nice upset uh, for Texas Tech at home. Very interesting, and yes, for the uh, Red Raiders, they took the tough loss to Texas. Uh, you mentioned the overtime game, probably should have, could have, would have, probably should have won that game with Baylor, uh, the overtime loss. So we believe they're going to be at least a two or three point underdog with Kansas coming in. I think we can safely say that we're projecting for Saturday. And I'm just looking here for Texas Tech on uh, if they have got, I don't think they've gotten points at home this year. Uh, in the Big 12, at least anyway, I'm looking. West Virginia, no, they did. They laid points against Kentucky and didn't cover. They they have not been a home underdog even to Baylor. They laid three and a half and lost to Baylor in January. So all through the conference season, this would be the first time Chris Beard's Red Raiders would be a home underdog. And so Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast all over it says, uh, take them. Let's go. I like that. Give me another one that strikes you mighty one on Three Dog Thursday purposes for Saturday. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm uh, I'm taking St. John's. They're uh, they're at home against uh, against Marquette on Saturday. Uh, St. John's coming in four and two as a home dog, sixteen eleven and two against the spread. I had them uh, the previous Saturday against Creighton. They won by what twenty points. Uh, the St. John's team is is no joke at home. Um, you know, Marquette, they've only covered one out of the last five, but I still think they'll be a slight favorite against St. John's. St. John's also has a game against Butler in between, which they'll most in Butler, uh, which they'll most likely lose. So I, I think they'll be a slight home dog again. And, and I like St. John's at home a lot. All right, and again, that game with Butler uh, being played uh, before, we're, we don't know the result of that one. It's being played as we speak, uh, St. John's and Butler. Uh, we'll see how they do. And again, for Marquette, uh, the Marcus Howard, the outstanding scorer. Uh, let's see. This is going to wrap up the regular season uh, here for them. And then the Big East tournament where as many as seven of the ten teams may be in for the NCAA tournament. We'll find out. And St. John's probably going to get like three points, two or three points, something like that from Marquette if Marquette is in fact favored. Creighton was favored five and a half in that game you mentioned, Sean, last Saturday or uh, last Sunday when St. John's won by 20. 
Uh, Xavier was favored by a point and a half at St. John's on February 17th. So this is probably like a two or three point situation for Marquette. Something like that. We'll see for Saturday. All right. Uh, And then there's a couple of other uh, interesting games, obviously, on Saturday to keep an eye on, including Auburn and Tennessee early, Duke and North Carolina later, uh, and even UCLA and USC. UCLA seven straight wins. Seven wins in a row, Sean Green. What in the name of John Wooden has gotten into the Bruins? Yeah, I mean, uh, are they getting it together? We'll see. They could be another fun team uh, in the come tournament time, and we'll see what they do in the Pac-12 conference tournament. We're going to be uh, previewing that coming up here uh, in a couple days. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just great to see some of these programs that you haven't seen be good in a while, and it, it just feels so wide open this year, and that's what's really exciting. No doubt about that. Love the insight of Sean Green. He and Ryan Kramer. It's the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, go ahead and plug away. When is the next show out? Because you're doing about two a week at least right now. When is the next show out? And tell them how they find it. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, we're probably upping it to three shows a week now. That college basketball full. Uh, you know, going full bore. We're going to wrap up the do part three of our uh, conference tournament previews on taping it on Thursday night or part three, you know, there's going to be more cause we're going to hit the big guys coming up later, but knock out a couple of the smaller ones, uh, Atlantic sun, that kind of stuff and do a little XFL. Cause we've been all over that pounding the unders. The unders have been hitting at 11 and five. So a lot of fun stuff going over at sports gambling podcast.com. Look us up on uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever uh, great podcasts are found. And thanks as always, uh, TJ, killing it on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed. We love that. We love the relationship with you guys. Uh, Good luck with your underdog selections. He's got a couple of them there. Texas Tech against Kansas. Again, the Jayhawks have already wrapped up the regular season title in the Big 12. They're looking at number one seed in the tournament. Texas Tech needs a huge win. Can they get it? And he likes St. John's against Marquette, who should. We qualify it again. St. John's should be at least a couple of point underdog at home in that matchup with Marquette closing out the Big East regular season for those two teams. Sean, good luck. Good luck with the underdogs. Have fun with the podcast. We'll be listening to the Sports Gambling Podcast. We appreciate you hopping on here with us talking hoops. Let's do it again here in March on Three Dog Thursday, sir. As always, I'll uh, talk to you soon, Peach. Have a good one. And there we go. That'll do it. My thanks again to all of our guests with us all the way back at the beginning of the program. Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Good luck to he and his underdogs. He's got a couple of them on Thursday night there with Cal and Illinois, as well as the projected Saturday underdogs. Uh, Thanks also to Gary Seegers for being with me. Winning Cures Everything podcast with he and Chris Giannini. Go find them at WinningCuresEverything.com. Also, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast, SportsGamblingPodcast.com. We love being part of their network. Uh, again, however you found this show, social media links, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, it will come automatically to you. You know, Next week, it's championship week. Cannot wait to talk tons of underdogs on the show. Stand by for that coming up uh, next week here on the program. Lots of conference tournament championships will be ongoing. I look forward to seeing what's going to happen. I've got the underdogs uh, on the weekend of Wisconsin against Indiana, and I also like that matchup for Xavier uh, there with Butler at home uh, in that matchup at uh, at Cincinnati. Xavier 
Uh, again, likely going to be a short underdog at home. We shall see uh, in that matchup. I'll go with those two as my underdogs for Saturday. So we'll see what happens with all these different underdogs. Follow us at 3Dog Thursday, by the way, on Twitter, on social media, at 3Dog Thursday. I'm TJ Reeves. For all the guests, enjoy all the games. All the automatic bids going out this weekend. Championship week next week. Two weeks away from the NCAA tournament. We'll be talking all about it on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.